good people. This is Jody of Fervor Voice. It is Wednesday, June 22nd. This is episode 12, Deep Dive. We are going to do exactly that. I'm ready to do the work, y'all. Let's go. Hey, hey, good people. I am back. It is episode 12, as I said, Deep Dive. Let's dive right in then. All right, so let's just go ahead and get started. When I talk about deep dive, I just, I'm talking about the things that we should probably be paying more attention to and we don't, or we don't know how to decode what it is that we're seeing. We don't know what it is that's going on and we're not actually pulling the important pieces out of it. When I think back about deep diving and kind of understanding what it is that we see, We think that as adults that we are the authorities of it and we understand and we know. I can tell you honestly that even though we are here and we've experienced some things, the younger you are, probably the more vivid your vision is in understanding the message. And I truly believe that because I've seen it. I've seen it with my family members. I've seen it with the kids in the school. I've seen it with my own kids where I don't understand where it is that they get whatever in the world this thing is. Like, I'm not getting it. So with them, when I look at my daughter and I look at my son, and I'm I'm just trying to give you a, a quick example of it. When my daughter was younger, um, about five, yeah, five. She was in a dance studio, uh, a part of a a dancing um, team studio, whatever you want to call it. Um, She and my niece, they're about five because they're only six months apart. So they're both five years old and they practice and they prepare and do all these things. And we see them practicing. And I, I noticed my daughter practicing and I noticed that it's difficult for her to pay attention. I get that. I notice it. And there's nothing I can do about it. I have tried. There is nothing I can do about it, right? So then the recital comes. And the recital is a big to-do because this particular dance studio, these recitals went on for hours. Hours. Right? And there were several different parts and things to it. So this was a big to-do. And the biggest part of it for me I would say for my sister-in-law as well, was the daddy-daughter dance. So my husband and his brother, you know, they're they're part of the daddy-daughter dance. They, they're suited up. They're in their tuxes and everything. And in this daddy-daughter dance, all the fathers are in a circle. And they're all facing outward. And the daughters are all positioned, you know, strategically, right? One dad away from their actual dad. And they circle, you know, they do a little spin. Each dad spins the daughter and they move them to the next dad. And that dad spins that daughter, moves them on to the next dad. And everybody literally gets a chance to spin with each dad. And by the time the whole process is over, you're supposed to be back at your dad, your correct dad. You didn't, you know, have to think it through. All you do is move one person over. You do your pretty spin and you move one person over. It seems like it's it's nauseating to just think about it, but the girls had a great time. Well, 
by the time my daughter is supposed to be with her dad, there is no daughter at my husband. Like, where'd my baby go? There is no daughter. She made her way away because there was something that she was focused on. And it wasn't the dance. And it was a little, it was a little shocking to me because I'm in the audience and I'm watching and all I could do is cover my face. But now that I think about it, it's 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 funny now because it's so many years later and I understand now what I was looking at. So thinking about that, now I recognize the zeroing in that she had as a five-year-old and it it was before that that intuition that zeroing in that it it was something that she had or something that she saw that was of interest as an adult I feel like you know she's just not paying attention yes she's paying attention just not to what I want her to pay attention to and there's something much deeper there that intuition that she had that I dismissed as her not paying attention She was zeroed in on something, but it was inconvenient at the time because that wasn't what we were doing. These are the things that I'm talking about with that, with that deep dive, recognizing a message or recognizing something that we don't automatically understand. But as we peel back the layers, we can kind of get to it. That same zeroing in that she had in the midst of a dance recital is the same zeroing in that she still has today. When she was in the eighth grade, she said, I'm going to law school. I'm I'm going to law school. I figured that'd be something that she, yeah, okay, that's fine. She never lost that. She zeroed in on that. And she was focused on that, razor sharp focused on that. And she did it. She absolutely did it. When her brother passed, razor sharp focus and I thought she was going to take some time off she didn't she kept going she's still going razor sharp focus I didn't know what I was looking at then I didn't I just thought she was clowning around I just thought she was being silly but my daughter has always been that type when she hones in hones in on something that's what she goes for period But I didn't recognize it. I didn't acknowledge it. But that was her way of getting through. That was her kind of speaking to that intuition that nobody else understood, nobody else saw. I can even give an example with my son. First day of school, kindergarten, my husband always took the first day of school off because he didn't trust the bus drivers to do what they were supposed to not necessarily trust them he'd been a bus driver in high school so not that he didn't trust them let me take that back he knew the nightmares of the first day of school for bus drivers routes are changing routes have um yeah new stops have been put on routes sometimes there's just not enough time to hit each stop on time sometimes there are brand new bus drivers all sorts of things happen. So he would take the first day of school off to make sure that the kids were on and off the bus to make sure that the bus driver understood. So let me make sure that I absolutely reiterate that. It wasn't that he didn't trust the bus driver. It was that he knew how many things could go wrong. So yeah, all of that. 
and I'm grateful for it because I had no idea and I had no appreciation for that. It was just like, well, you know, they got the address, so obviously they're going to come. Mm, not really, not not so. Other things can happen. Remember, my son's in kindergarten. He's five years old. He's on the bus. I come home from work. I usually get home around 4.30. He's not home. And nobody knows where he is. The bus drivers don't know where he is. Nobody knows. We spend hours searching. We spend hours out stopping buses. Mm. No, still couldn't find him. Then around close to six o'clock, because we finally came home, we said if, if we are not at home and the bus makes it to the house, then there's still gonna be an issue. So we come home and we wait. And we only waited a few minutes. And you can hear the bus coming down the hill. And our neighborhood at that time, that neighborhood that we lived in, you really had to come in and lots of twists and lots of turns. You had to really come in in order to get to the house. So the bus driver pulls up, screeches on the brakes and opens up the door. Cause I can see, I can see his little head. I can see his little head. Cause he was standing up. And it was just like, yeah, this has to be him. There's no reason for a bus to be out this late. And then it was, it absolutely was. He just climbed down the stairs like nothing was going on. That bus driver said, listen, I have to apologize to you because I didn't even know your baby was on the bus. He was in the back. I couldn't even see him. I had parked my bus, finished my route and saw him. And he was just sitting there quietly. And I'm so sorry because I did not know he wasn't supposed to be on this bus. I didn't know. But I wouldn't have got here if he wouldn't have helped me. Because he told me how to get here. I didn't even know this neighborhood back here. But he told me how to get here. And I said, oh, oh, okay. You know, now I'm, I'm much more calm telling the story now, obviously. But I never forgot that. And he has always had the most specific sense of direction that I've ever seen. Even stronger than his dad's. And his dad has a really strong sense of direction. I don't. But I have never been lost when my son was in the car. Never been lost when he was in the car. That's that whatever kind of intuition he has. I mean, even, even in places that he's never been before as a kid and even as an adult, he doesn't get lost. He just doesn't. There's, there's a certain sense of something that he picks up. And he's always been like that. And that's what I mean as far as intuition just something that we come with and I know a lot of people feel like and I yeah I, I don't agree with this theory but a lot of people feel like well when people are so young these young people they have these minds just soak up everything like a sponge they can just soak up everything I don't yeah I don't subscribe to that I don't life hadn't gotten a hold of them that's what it is and the conditioning hasn't gotten a hold of them and I think that allows them to pull in more information and to process it in a different way, in a way that's free from restriction, in a way that keeps them from thinking that something can't be done. It's just a free-for-all for them. 
So I feel like that's more so what it is. It's just life not getting a hold to them and beating them down or tearing down at certain things and that conditioning not being part of the process yet. Not yet, at least not to the level of an adult. So in that conditioning, conditioning kind of slows you down from seeing certain things and accepting certain things that don't seem possible. That conditioning will keep you from seeing things that you've never seen before, simply because you've never seen it. So then it doesn't exist. That's what conditioning does. It's a system that keeps you in a certain place, certain space, certain mindset. That conditioning is that deep dive that I'm talking about. That deep dive where we need to say, hey, wait a minute. Let's peel back some of these layers. Let's chip away at some of this that I've learned along the way and haven't really let go of. Let's start filtering through some of these things. That's where that discernment comes in. And I mentioned the word discernment a few episodes back. But in in that whole process of discernment, that's when you're starting to filter through some things and think about some things and think some things through a little bit differently. So when you discern, you process, you filter, you do all those things. You give your thoughts credit. Think about it. Give your thoughts credit. Acknowledge your thoughts. Your thoughts may just be right. You may be on to something. Whether or not your thoughts are what someone else agrees with, thinks, heard of, anything like that. You give your thoughts some credit. Let me explain a little bit more what I mean by giving your thoughts some credit. So two weeks ago, two episodes ago, right? I'm on 10, you know, that episode, I'm on 10. That was about giving my thoughts some credit. That was about acknowledging what I felt. That was about acknowledging what I knew. Resigning. And I didn't resign just because, yeah, I can. I didn't resign because of that. I resigned because I needed to. And I resigned because, yeah, that's that's what my body, that's what my mind, was, what my spirit was telling me to do. So that's why I did it. And in resigning, in doing what I did, I received a gift. Like, I received a gift of laughter, of lightness, of happiness. It literally came through me as soon as I handed off those keys and did that last thing. All of a sudden, I was joyful. All of a sudden, I was joking. All of a sudden, I was laughing in a way that I hadn't been in a very long time. That's why I knew that I did what I was supposed to do. That was that gift that I got, that gift of lightness, that gift of laughter, that gift of peace. That's what I got. When you give your thoughts credit, when you acknowledge what you're actually thinking and you do a deep dive and you say, let me think about this now. Let me not dismiss what I think. Let me not dismiss what I probably know. Let me not dismiss what I feel. Let me give you another example of that. Of um, Well, not another example of that, but let me give you an example of a gift, right? Because in gifting... We have to be careful about how to receive it. 
We have to be we have to be careful about how to give it. So that's the example that I wanted to talk to you about. So I had a, a friend that I worked with years ago. Back in, uh, I worked with her in 2015. I think that was the last time. I worked with her in 2015. And we were okay. We were, you know, we were cool. She was a, a very nice person. And always smiling. You couldn't, this this woman's spirit could not be broken. It, it, it just, no way. Even when she got upset, somehow she reset herself. I, you know, I'd never seen it before. I've seen this woman walk through fire and come out smiling. I hadn't seen that before. That was, that was incredible to me. But again, I had not seen this woman in years. And BJ passed away. And she sent me a message through Facebook. Now, we weren't friends on Facebook or anything, but she sent me a message through Facebook. And she said she was worried about me. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she said she was worried about me and she needed to make sure that I was taking care of me. Make make sure of that because I'm going through something that she can't even imagine and I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. She wanted to make sure I was taking care of myself. So she sent me the information to a massage therapist. Said, I need you to go here. I sent her a message back and I said, okay, just let me know how much it costs. I, you know, I'm open to it. It costs. Just go over there. I just, just, girl, just go over there. And you can hear, you can hear that in the message just by the way she typed it up. Girl, just go over there. We're talking about cost. Say anything about cost. Just, just go over there. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, now, mind you, this woman has five kids of her own. She got, Christian got her own things to handle, her own babies to take care of. She's got her own stuff. Single mom. But she wants to make sure I'm okay. Says, don't, don't worry about that. I got that. You just, you just get over there. So I go over there and I get this massage. This woman is incredible. Incredible. And by the way, I'm gonna go ahead and put her uh, link in the uh, in the notes for this episode. Michelle is incredible. I could not believe it after she finished that massage. And I had small talk with her a little bit, but after she finished that massage, I got in my car to go home. I was crying. I was in tears because I could not believe the amount of tension she had relieved within my body, released within my body. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. But that was the gift that Kristen was giving me. She was giving me a gift, yes. Yes. But she didn't understand how far that gift was going. Now, after she had given me that gift and I... I'm so happy about it and I'm feeling incredible. She transitioned shortly after. And because of my conditioning, because of what I was, you know, I need to give her something for, you know, I almost felt like I needed to give her something to top the gift that she had given me because of what that was to me, what, how it made me feel. 
but she had passed away and all I could think about was what I didn't get a chance to give her. I didn't give her the, I didn't get a chance to, I wasn't able to, that's all I could think about because of my conditioning that I gotta give something back because somebody gave something to me. But again, that's what life, that's what society kind of teaches us, kind of tells us. I didn't realize that this woman coming back into my life had given me this gift that did not require giving something back. She was my gift, period. Because like I said, this woman was somebody that, I mean, walked through fire and come out smiling. This woman had lupus and she would come to work and I could see that she wasn't feeling well. I could see it. Sometimes she, you know, would be really swollen. She would have some swelling and you could see it. But she keep right on going. And I remember a couple of times saying, girl, are you okay, girl? Forget that. This school is going to be here, girl. Go home. Girl, please. God got me. Girl, please. God got me. Just smiling. Keep right on walking. Christian came back into my life after my son passed away. And she gave me something that I, first of all, never would have even thought to do at that time in my life because I was suffering. I was grieving so. But she came in and she gave me that gift and she went on. I didn't have to give her anything back. All I had to do was recall and remember that this woman was a woman that could, like I said, walk through fire and then still come out smiling. And in some of the times where she wasn't even feeling well, where she, you know, visibly did not look good, still kept walking, still kept going. So beyond that gift of the therapy session or not really therapy, but the massage therapy session, beyond that gift, she gifted me something greater. She gifted me the memory of how she would power through regardless of what her situation was. That's the gift she gave me. I could never repay her back for that. Now, true enough, the work was mine because I had to work at that. But when I found out she passed away, because I didn't even find out she passed away, it was a week before I found out she had passed away. And I was upset about it, but I couldn't recognize, my conditioning wouldn't allow me to recognize that, wait a minute, Jody, it wasn't for you to go through. All you had to do was focus on yourself right then and there. That was removed from out of the psyche because it didn't need to be focused on. You needed to focus on you and you did that. That's all that needed to happen. She went on, but she gave you that gift right before she left. Now all you need to do is focus on that and enhance that. Keep working on that. That was the gift that she gave me. And that's all I need to focus on. I didn't need to focus on giving anything back. I wasn't even, I wasn't even part of it. And that's another thing that we kind of roll into with this deep dive. When you gift, what are you gifting for? 
I'm not saying that you gift in order to get give something back or get something back. I'm not saying that. But what do you gift for? Is it to make yourself feel more whole? Does it help with it? Are you gifting because you think you're supposed to because of the conditioning that we've all had? Because I can tell you right now, if you're gifting because of what society has taught you, you're already always going to be upset about the response that you get. It's either going to be, you know, not enough or it's going to be something that doesn't align with. It's going to be something. It's going to be something. This is another deep dive. And I had to mention this because it was something that I felt just kind of on both ends. That end of getting that gift and realizing that there was nothing I had to give back. And also me giving to someone and recognizing that they don't owe me anything for gift. They don't even owe me a thank you because that's what I gave. And whether or not that person was able to receive it at that time has nothing to do with me. Sometimes we gift and we give and we don't even understand why. When we gift and we give without an understanding of why, sometimes we're unable to accept the response or sometimes we're displeased with the response or we're not satisfied with the response. But whose fault is that? Yeah. That's gotta be with you. That's gotta be with you. And the gifting, when you gift someone, you gift it from the heart. And when you gift it from the heart, there is no specific yeah, condition. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's time. I don't care if it's something tangible. When you gift from the heart, whether there's a response or not, it's okay. It is okay. So I guess the main thing that I wanted to focus on is to understand and accept that our gifting has to be unconditional. It has to be given without conditions. And we have to understand that sometimes people won't respond in a way that we feel is necessary. And that's okay too, because their response is what? Their response is where they are at that time in their life. And sometimes, I'm gonna be honest with you, some of our friends, family members just don't have it to give. And when they don't have it to give, we don't blame them for it. We don't judge them for it. We just understand that one day they'll reflect, just like I did with Kristen. I was able to reflect and say, hmm, that's not even what it was about for her. Never has been. She has given me things in the past and it's never been about me giving her something back. It never has. It's just been about what she's given from the heart. That's the focus. That's the lesson today. That's what I wanted to talk about today. Gifting and understanding that not receiving or not getting a response or the response that we would like 
being able to deal with that, being able to be okay with that and having the patience to say, at some point, that person will or will not understand what I'm doing or understand what I did and it's okay. It is okay. Give and give from your heart without condition, without any particular response, but out of the goodness of your heart. That is all I have for you today for our deep dive. Just an understanding of what it truly means to give. And on the flip side, an understanding of what it truly means maybe not to be received and being okay with that. Being okay with that, because that's just life. That is all that I have for you. What I will leave you with is the same thing I said last week at the end of the episode is that you are your own ecosystem and you have within yourself everything you need to be valuable and successful. You don't need anybody, anything else. You are enough. You are your own ecosystem. In dedication, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Christian. Christian Turner. Wonderful, wonderful mom, a wonderful friend, and someone who gave of herself just selflessly. Always did. Always did. And I thank her for the gift that she gave me before she transitioned. Who knows? Could have been the last gift that she gave. I have no idea. But there was a reason. And I appreciated that. Thank you, Christian. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I'll see you this time next week. See y'all. Hey, hey, good people. I am back with our recap from Deep Dive. So for today, we talked about just two quick examples that I had for the Deep Dive episode. And I talked about my daughter's keen focus, zeroing in on things that were important to her, things that needed to be done, things that needed to be tended to at that very moment. And she took that into her adult life. My son's sense of direction, he took that into his adult life. And again, that is something that we can all learn as far as taking things and kind of backing off of some of that conditioning that we get, some of that conditioning that we receive, the older we get, the more used to things that we get, keeping that conditioning in check and not allowing it to take over in our lives. Those different things, those intuitive things that we have and those intuitive things that we possess, literally at birth, they allow us to see things and see things that the conditioned mind probably would not see, to see gifts. When I saw the gift that Christian had given to me, when I realized that she was giving me 
an unconditional gift, but I was looking at it through a conditioned mind that, okay, what, what do I need to get for her? What can, what can be equivalent to that? And it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. It just doesn't. So being able to receive a gift in an unconditional way, but accept it with grace and kindness, that that is more acceptable. That That's more rational. That makes more sense. And you do want to acknowledge a gift. You absolutely do. A gift that's being given to you. And also to be able to accept your response when you give a gift. Being able to accept that response with patience and understanding and find the joy in what you did and why you did it. That's the deep dive right there. The deep dive is understanding what is there, understanding how to handle it, understanding how to accept it, understanding how to give. Those are truly things that we don't even think about, but it's important. That is the deep dive. Being able to do the things that you don't always look at, that you don't always see because we're so clouded with so many other things. Keep that in mind with seeing gifts, with receiving gifts, with giving gifts. Keep that in mind, the deep dive. That's all I have for y'all. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you join me again next week for the next episode. See you soon. Bye.